This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast's holiday special. My name is Michael Wheeler. I am a chubby chaser, and I've forgotten to say this is where we talk about the things that weigh on our minds, but I was just overtaken by the Christmas spirit. Your mind was weightless. Yeah, I, I had literally nothing in there. That's the whole point of the holiday. <laughs> Michael's really entered the spirit. <laughs> Just call me Airhead Santa. <laughs> Neither my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in Christmassy Hollywood. And today I am a nogged up boy waiting for Christmas time. Mm, he got himself all nogged up. I'm nogged up and waiting at the bottom of the Christmas tree and uh, looking for good stuff to happen. Hello, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today, yes, I... I am in the holiday spirit, and we have we have all these various teas and brandies and yes. cognacs and things to try and things to taste. Gimme, yummy, yummy. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub who's ready for the holidays. And I'm, I don't know, I got some goodies, I got some treats, I got some fuzzy socks, <laughs> and I'm ready for just to be in a little gingerbread land and eat myself and the house I'm in and everything. <laughs> he was imprisoned in a gingerbread house and he ate himself out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. That's my Christmas tradition. Eating That's, yourself out. Yes. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> Happy holidays, indeed. We celebrate all the holidays around here, including, uh, I don't have a segue. Thank you, Bigger City. <laughs> 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 the, the season of giving. That's what I was yeah. getting towards. There we go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I could actually hear you rolling your fast talk and rolling the one. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a crit fail for sure. Um, Bigger City is all about giving and receiving. <laughs> <laughs> That's the segue. There we go. There we go. There we we go. got there in the end. Literally. In so mind. whether you're a giver or receiver, check out Bigger City. Yes. Oh, wait. I have the more you know. Okay, and, well, now that we've done that. <laughs> yes, and thank you to our Patreon supporters, our listeners, to everyone. Um, you're, the, you're the reason for the season. <laughs> and also, just a quick reminder, this is our last episode for 2023. Yay! We're going to go on a little hiatus, we're going to take Christmas and New Year's off, and then we'll be back in the New Year's with... All sort of exciting new observations. Oh, you're a jingle, you're a bells. Yeah, we already have our uh, episode lined up for that. It's exciting. We do. So our first episode back will be on January, Wednesday, January 10th. And uh, until then, we'll leave you with this episode. Maybe a couple treats for our Patreon patrons. Uh, Dan, uh, Don and Trevor are going to be doing an episode. Um, we're very our, our long teased fat joke episode. <laughs> yes. Just going to be home for the holidays. I, I'm sorry. At, at this point, I think it's doing the episode is the fat joke. Yeah. <laughs> what? It took, ah, us, ah, gotcha. it took us so long to do it because we're fat. Nice. <laughs> nice. <listener. laughs> um, so thank you to our patrons for supporting the show all year long. We really appreciate you. Um, and with that said, I think we're diving straight in, right? With right. our very Christmassy yeah. themed culture segment. Yeah. <laughs> Snowmen dancing. Wow. You see them flopping their heads. They got some penguins doing <laughs> back up. And they slide in. Penguins slide with jazz wings. <laughs> jazz <My> wings. <laughs> yeah, there is this. Yeah. So I just, before we get into pop culture stuff, cause it's a little rough, I want to say that our main subject, we're talking about the movie genie and it's very fun. So just bear with us for pop culture <laughs> and we'll get to the good stuff oh. later. Um, no, Dan. I, I, I find this more comical. Than yeah. Anything. yeah I, think it's fun. I suppose it's stupid. So, I've, I've literally been ranting about this since our first episode, by the way. So go on, go on. It's oh, all right. what is this? Why this is. <laughs> so this, this, this person, has been making his rounds. Basically, it's a story that's gotten picked up everywhere. Um, this Australian doctor, Australian doctor, and by doctor we mean PhD. He, uh, he, in, in part of his PhD project was he patented this way of extracting certain 
food substances from food and managed to package it into a nutritional supplement. And I guess that wasn't going nearly famously enough, so he decided <laughs> he would take a stand against Fat Santa. Right. And his and so the thing that has been making the rounds all over the news media for a while is that he his kind of like we shouldn't have fat Santas because it encourages all sorts of terrible things associated with fatness. Santa's a bad bad role model for yeah. your children. And I just I just want to point out that hmm he does have something to peddle. Right. Like <laughs> ulterior motive hmm. is is now, out the wazoo. Now to be fair cuz I I kind of did a deep dive on this guy and he historically has not had anything to say about fatness. It's always been about health and well-being until, you know, he started think, saying things like just <laughs> the most boneheaded, stupid advice. Like, if you eat slowly, you'll lose weight and put down your knife and fork between bites and all this 1950s advice that never worked for anybody ever. And then he hired a PR firm. And then he hired a PR <laughs> yeah. firm. Yeah. And so this is basically his... It's maybe just a coincidence that he thinks that we should not have any fat Santas in malls and, and that we should, you know, just get healthy, which, by the way, he sells. Because it by having Santa be fat and jolly, it shows that thin people can't be happy and jolly. Oh, I love that. That poor yeah. thin people are, yeah, are love- that they'll think they're depressed if they're not fat. <laughs> it's the... I mean, I think Dan hit the nail on the head. Like, there's there's nothing about this that's that's actually supposed to make sense. He's just he's it's promoting PR. his products. I, yeah, I, and I think I don't think he even believes this. I don't think he gives a crap about Santa Claus. No, I think just, this is just this will get him in the news. I feel people like this are is one of the target. dumb ways that people virtue signal. Like, they don't think twice about it, but it's like fat people are bad. Therefore, I'm going to say something yeah. bad about fat people in as public a way as possible, right? To show because how fat people good I are am. an easy target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, it's the same reason why straight Christians love to come out against gay people because they're not gay. It's, it's great to be against a sin that doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and that you could never possibly be. Yeah. yeah. Look how virtuous I am by being against other people's sins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go divorce my wife. It's gay now. if you're kissing. <laughs> 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 Everything else is just... Yeah, just stick to oral people. Come on. <laughs> it's like God wants you to. As long as you're not the bottom. I just... Anyway. Just leave Santa alone. It's every year. There's also like... I don't... I, I didn't get into this because it's... The whole other layer of weird, uh, the whole like thing with uh, Target this year had Target. Christmas ornaments of uh, Santa, but Santa was black and used a wheelchair and like conservatives lost, yeah. their, lost minds. their minds because they, they a, own Santa. They had a rainbow nutcracker too yeah. that they lost their minds over. Yes. Like, it's a nutcracker people. We don't talk about Target enough, but Target's kind of awesome. They are. You got yeah, fat mannequins in Target. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Target. Thanks. Thanks, Target. <laughs> it's actually nice to be able to call out a department store chain doing something positive. Yeah. 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 I, I think we need to give Target some credit. Give Target a little kiss on the forehead. Are we, are we going to talk about the pant parents and the no Santa TikTok? Uh, so this, this kind of came <laughs> up in my adjacent, like looking at Santa stuff, Santa discourse this year. There were, uh, there's parents on TikTok who don't want Santa, like Santa fat or thin, no Santa no in their Santa. household because you literally you don't want they don't want to lie to their kids and and I, I i was talking to dan about this earlier i it's literally a character from a cheesy christmas movie who you know when they were a kid they believed in santa and then they discovered their parents were lying to them and they were crushed and so they grew up you know being a grinch and not believing in santa and making sure that nobody around them could believe in santa either and th- that's the thing it's like i won't you know I don't believe in Santa, therefore you yeah. shouldn't believe in Santa, which is, you know, that's, that is the Christian spirit. But <laughs> I think also that like the idea that like, I was so traumatized by this. Yeah. My parents like me like, if that's the biggest trauma you have. Your parents did an amazing job with yeah. you yourselves. Then. Yeah. And, and the thing I'm is like. I'm so confused by this too, because like I grew up in the seventies and I already had lots of friends at that point who were not raised with Santa Claus. Like it was a choice that yeah. a lot of people made and the whole logic of like, don't lie to your children was a pretty common thing. Like, I don't see how this is news. Yeah. I So my thing is like, I don't care if you tell your yeah. kid Santa's real yeah. or not. I personally, I never did believe in Santa. I just missed that. Train. No, the, but like, who cares? Like, why do you have to go on TikTok and make a big deal out of it? Like, Santa, I, this is, this is the real issue. An issue that I have faced in my own childhood. <gasps> so I, I was like, I don't know, 10 or 12. And my best friend at the time 
asked like, oh, what's Santa bringing you for Christmas? <laughs> and we're 10 or 12. And I looked at him like, well, what? Because by that time, you usually, yeah. by 10 or 12, you're usually kind of yeah. over that. And he was like bright-eyed and hi. And, and his mother, okay, so- I'm facing the door. He's in the door and his mother's behind the door. So basically I'm looking at his mother's face and she is miming as desperately as she can. No! Because little Derek still believes in wow. Santa Claus. And that, so here's the real trauma, people. Mine. That <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was 10 or 12 and like, oh, I'm supposed to, let me make up a lie about Santa Claus. Okay, I don't, golly, I don't know. What could he possibly be bringing me down our chimney? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Okay, I, what I found funny is, so I watched one of these TikToks of these like TikTok parents who are banning Santa from their, you know, a Santa-free house and the kids and they're asking about Christmas and they're like, what's the reason, like the real reason of christmas and the kids are like it's jesus's birthday and it's like hold on <laughs> hold on now yeah Mr. yeah TikTok we're parent. still perpetuating if that we're, if we're talking about mythical figures exactly and not wanting to make people believe in things that might not exist yeah, yeah. and if you want to be that factual Santa's about real it or not <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be factual about it like christmas was his birthday was not on christmas yeah yeah, of course not. All all evidence points towards a summertime birthday. And Christmas was a pagan holiday that got combined with Jesus's birthday as a way of bringing in more Christians when they needed more Christians. Well, he did bring down, Jesus did bring uh, presents down the chimneys, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Santa took his job. That was yeah. one of his miracles. Much like the foreigners. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He turned one gift into a billion. That's right. Because Jesus, Jesus was this nice white guy doing his job when this immigrant Santa <laughs> this hot, from the thin, north. Hot, thin, ripped, shredded white guy. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because you got to fit down the chimney. Oh. Yeah. It's important. Now I'm Magic isn't going to do it. Come on. Now I'm picturing like uh, it's Batman versus Superman, but it's Santa versus Jesus, <laughs> didn't, and they didn't, have to team up. That was the original South Park exactly episode, to yeah. fight the, oh, that was the first one? Anyway, moving on. Let people handle Santa however they want to, physically and otherwise. I mean, fat ass Santa, <laughs> Santa, the dummy thick Santa, clapping those <laughs> yeah. cheeks all the way down the chimney. <laughs> How do you think he calls his reindeer? <laughs> but one thing we can tell about Santa, based on our next article, is that he has a very healthy microbial life in oh, his gut. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> these, you know. Mm, Okay, all, so I, I you do this, you do this. I saw this. It's it's Daily Mail, right? Yeah. yeah. And so Daily Mail, our our favorite, uh, you know, news outlet. <laughs> yeah, because we no longer get the National Enquirer. It's from last year, <laughs> but it, it it came out after Christmas, so I thought it was appropriate to share this year ahead of Christmas. And I, it's one of our lovel, lovely little Dr. Dan segments. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, so they did this study of people after. Christmas, but it was basically that 40% of people are able to utilize calories better because of their microbes in their gut. Mm -hmm. And by better meaning they burn it rather than storing it as fat. And they're, and they're, you know, establishing this idea that like, oh my gosh, maybe your gut is making you fat. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is, yes. And there are so many studies that have been linking uh, microbes in the stomach and small intestine with other things that you would never guess, like cognitive function mm -hmm. and alertness and the way we metabolize things. There's just so much about the mind-gut connection. Incredible diversity. There's a mm -hmm. that we really don't understand, but that is no, there are no sh shortage of research projects. Like there was even one research project, <clears throat> if I may, <laughs> that decided to take the feces and microbes of thin people and put it up the butts of fat people to see if it would make the fat people thinner. Guess what happened? Was was a chaser <laughs> operating the study? No, what happened? Absolutely nothing, because yeah. it didn't work that way. I just feel like it's like, is this someone's kink? Like, <laughs> how many scientific research that it's like, hold on, yeah, well, I, are was, you getting aroused by The this? idea was like, could we combat obesity by transplanting microbes? And the answer yeah. is, I don't know, we didn't do it that way. So, but 
but so there is a lot of established science to have this link. The problem is we don't know what to do about it particularly. Yeah. If you are looking to like, what are the state of sciences now? It's basically that we need stuff, that everybody's gut is different. That even if you did find the, the microbe that makes so-and-so thin, it wouldn't necessarily work on some other person. So what a lot of people are simply recommending, scientists are recommending, is that if you have a diet uh, rich in things like legumes and things that actually produce bacteria, things that ferment in the gut, that that will let your, your own body individually create the microbes it needs. Mm -hmm. I personally, just to cap this one, uh, don't recommend checking out this article just because there's some other links and stuff in there that are potentially icky and sliming and it's... It sort of is what it is. And if you're interested, is, just Google gut health and and something it's, else. There's lots of interesting <laughs> stuff here, even if you're not interested in the obesity aspect of it. So like I was born by C-section mm. and adopted at birth. So I was never breastfed and I never went through the vaginal canal, canal, which means those are the two points that are supposed to build your biome through your life, mm -hmm. right? So I'm always, I've always been curious. I've gone to the doctors and asked them about it. And they're like, we have nothing to tell you. We have nothing to tell you. And yeah. by the way, there has been a lot of stuff attributed to cesarean section. Like, oh, cesarean children have more trouble finishing projects because they never went through the birth canal. Their oh first my, project. Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's all sorts of theories about what's wrong my with Don, cesarean Don, that's why kids. you're so fat and lazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was told that, that was why I had a round head. Exactly. <laughs> I've never been... A lot of people born by C-section were told that because, because your head was never squeezed going through the canal. Right. I am. I, I have seen, I saw a comic about that. Have you seen Trevor's like, head? Like, were you born by cesarean? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I fell asleep. He was born was by born. eagles. Well, there's, there's some, because they used to use forceps pulling a kid's head out. And yeah. that would actually squeeze the kid's head a little bit. Oh my God. Yeah, so, it popped right back. Yeah. <laughs> You're just blowing their thumb. Oh <laughs> Apropos of absolutely nothing, Fat Watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's a lot to say. Uh, it's Fat Watch. Let's warm things up a little bit. It's Fat Watch Rewind. It's the last Fat Watch Rewind of the year. That was it's a our thing. Final Fat Watch 2023. Yes. Maybe it's snowing outside your window. And there's frost on the glass. The sun has just gone down, and you have a nice cup of cocoa. And, like, and maybe you want to listen to a to lovely holiday Christmas themed poem. Yes. But a fat friendly one. Like that inclusive one, like the ghost of Christmas past, we're taking you back in time. We're flying through Victorian uh, <laughs> London. Yes, everyone can see up your bed skirts. <laughs> <laughs> There's smoke everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you're covered in soot and coal. Oh my God, you're catching fire! <laughs> and we're going back to 1977, mm. the NAFA newsletter, and I just love this so much. It is a poem, a fat positive poem. By, by Rena uh, Winchilski. Yes. Rena Winchilski. Rena. The saga yeah. of Randolph, the rotund reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Randolph. I think Dan, I, I could, Dan should read this in his readerly voice. <laughs> One Christmas night with his sled filled with toys to give to all good girls and boys, Santa gathered his reindeer and called them to start. Come on now, fellas, let's all play our part. There are lots of folks waiting to get their nice things. You know they'll all be eager for the goodies I bring. So they pulled and they tugged, but the sleigh wouldn't move. Even Santa got out to give it a shove. Or a shove. And he <laughs> 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 that got me. <laughs> The <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Keep going. Um, the load was too heavy. They were not strong enough. It seems that this year we've packed way too much stuff. Santa called to his elves. They began to debate. But we cannot pack now. It's really too late. <laughs> then Rudolph remembered a reindeer he'd met. He's strong and stout fellow. He'll move us, I'll bet. So Randolph, the rotund reindeer, was hired, a creature for whom his strength was admired. He was round, some say fat, strong and loyal he served, and on Christmas morning, good children got all they deserved. So at last, rotund Rudolph Randolph. has, has <laughs> so at last, rotund Randolph has earned his great fame. Children the world over joyfully sing out his name. They really do. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard all you can bear of the saga of Randolph. The Rotund Rain. 
Damn. <laughs> Step the landing. <laughs> I, like rain, I like Rain Bear. That's awesome. I, this is this is so fun. It's wholesome. It's fun. It's cheeky. I like that at the end. It's like okay, and that's enough. <laughs> gentle that's children, enough listeners. I like, just I just love how the author just changed the spelling of shit to make it look like it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I still I'll never forget Shuv. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also love the debut of Dan's uh, elf voice, which <laughs> much been a- took took me out. Um, <laughs> Consistent behind the scenes uh, uh, figure. When uh, when Trevor is really bored, he has me do different voices with different accents. Mm-hmm. So mm. like, there's like the Italian elf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, so you want to hear the Italian? Elf? <laughs> oh, he's very very angry. I don't want you back to the past. You make the past the way to make little children Jesus cry. Uh, no, no, your teacher. And then by the way, what you do? Uh, what you do? Stop! Stop, mercy! <laughs> I, I want a Russian elf. <laughs> No, don't get him started. <laughs> uh, I no, I love a. I don't know. I like the idea of a fat reindeer. Yep. It is Randolph the rotund reindeer definitely is an empowering character. Randolph He's the rotund and uh, couldn't even see his toes. <laughs> <laughs> but fatness and magic is something that we can explore all season long, especially with our wonderful movie of the week. <gasps> Genie. Genie. Starring yes. Melissa McCarthy. It's you know, here. I dreamt about this. <laughs> really? I get it. Um, <laughs> I dream of Genie with the line. So in a nutshell, this is the classic sort of hallmark Christmas movie setup, which is that um, a man is torn between uh, his family life and his job. Both of which he's fucking up. Yes, mm-hmm. both yeah. of which he's royally Are, screwing Should we up. just tell people that we're going to spoil the hell of the, out of this movie? Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. if you have any interest in watching this movie, pause the podcast now. Go watch it when you can and come back. Welcome back, listener. Welcome back. <laughs> How'd you like it? Actually, um, to be fair, this is Trevor discovered this. This is actually a remake. Yes. Yeah. Really? A remake of the, I believe, 1991 uh, BBC film, uh, Bernard and the Genie. Oh, Bernard it's a G- BBC which, movie. interestingly enough, starred Alan Cumming. Yes. Who was who's uh, in who's in this new yeah. version? Mm-hmm. Uh, he it's plays the, a cameo. Role. He plays the boss in this version, but he played the lead in the original. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why that's why they cast a British actor in the lead. It must be as a nod to because I think he was probably the only person an American could never say Bernard. Oh yeah, his name's Bernard, not Bernard. Um. Anyway, so he's, you know, royally screwing things up and his wife decides to take the daughter for a short-term separation um, to, to their mom's house, uh, her mom's house. Yeah. And so he's by himself. He's sort of drowning in his own sorrows. He gives a ma- mystical artifact box to his daughter for Christmas because he's forgotten to get her a real gift. He basically wraps up an, a, a, a dingus he got on the shelf on his own apartment. Right. <laughs> and... Now, I'm having trouble remembering this. Does she open it? No. No, no she, she just rejects doesn't. It. She no, rejects it. She says it's stuck and it's it's clearly a cop out cuz he's he's missed the her birthday. Yeah. He gives her a present off the shelf that he's like stuffed into a grocery bag or something stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, and everybody's disgusted with him. He's just he's a he's a total fuck up. He's kind of a douche. And so he ends up, of course, accidentally rubbing this box, and out comes Melissa the life McCarthy. of the movie. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Melissa McCarthy in all of her glorious hilarity. And I I gotta say, before we get into the like the meat of this, she didn't have to go that hard. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in the movie yeah. was really she <laughs> brings it. She brings she, all the energy in every scene. She's so she fun. does all the heavy lifting for the comedy. And not mm-hmm. just not yeah, just the know? comedy, like the drama, yep. like the tearful goodbye. Like everyone in the movie, as far as I could tell, my impression of the movie was this is a sort of classic Hallmark style movie. Yeah. The acting feels very Hallmark. Mm-hmm. The setup, the writing feels oh, very Hallmark. Oh, the lighting feels Hallmark. The lighting, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, the, the whole thing. It's got to look, it's a thing, it's a style. Yeah. And then Melissa comes in and you just go, oh, oh, she's a movie star. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she is outclassing everybody. She's got the charisma. She's not even trying. She's got the, yeah, she's got the, the life, the life yeah. behind the eyes and, that you and, just want to see. And for those of you who are not, Huge Melissa McCarthy fans. Yes, she is doing everything mm-hmm. she always does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she does it so beautifully, and she does it so over the top of anybody else. 
Like there's no, it's it's almost not fair to have. There's no one for her to play off of. Almost it's it does. Everyone feel like else that is very lot. straight. But I yeah. wonder, and I wonder if that's like well because she's the genie. Uh, but she's just, she's just a joy to watch, but Mm -hmm. yes, it's everything you've always, you've seen her always doing, Mm -hmm. but she does it so well. This, by the way, is how they should have made the live action Aladdin movie. Ooh. Just go a completely different direction. Don't try and do the Robin Williams genie. Just do something else completely. That's more original. Yeah, but you can't do that. I mean, of course they can. It's Disney. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, she was just fun. (laughs) So anyway, the movie ends by him essentially what's this phrase having your cake and eating it too like he gets to do all of the crazy fun wish things that creates the hijinks for the most of the movie screws everything up and by the end he's able to unwish it all by reversing time what i what i do like though is that it's not the cataclysm that you would expect from a genie movie Mm. right he doesn't wish for world peace and you know it's lathe of heaven everybody turns gray or (laughs) aliens invade or Mm. yeah it's nothing Uh nothing horrible like that but it is sort of well-placed like, oh, that's, that's, you know, if you had, if you were thinking conservatively, meaning, you know, I'm not going to go way out there and wish for world peace, but you know, yeah. maybe I'd like it's, to wish it's for- It's not Bruce Almighty. It's no, not trying no, yeah. to do that. No, not mm-hmm. at all. And it's, it, and, and because of that, it has this sort of whimsical, unexpected thing. You're not, yeah. you're not falling into all the ordinary tropes. And mm-hmm. it keeps it intentionally feeling a little small. Right. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. The movie feels intimate. It's not trying to tackle world issues. Mm-mm. It's trying to make your family life a little better. Mm-hmm. Right. So like one of the early gifts he wishes for is the dollhouse that he forgot to give his daughter. Cause that's all she really wanted for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And so he gets her a great dollhouse. And what's really fun is that doesn't take a long time, obviously. And the daughter interacts with it. And then you see the daughter kind of getting like, yeah, that's a really great, like she's initially very excited. And then it, there has this decay where she's like, yep, it's a dollhouse. Cause what she really wants is for her dad to play with her mm-hmm. with the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. That it's her dad that she wants. And that he gets to learn that and see that. And she and the genie, Melissa McCarthy, gets to encourage that. Like she does yeah. this sort of eye gesture, like, you want to go over there? You want to go over there? Cause she's asking for you. Why don't you mm-hmm. go over there? Why don't you go play? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I guess I should go play with her. <laughs> and that's how he learns throughout the movie. And that's really great. Right. She she doesn't just bring the magic, she brings wisdom into his life and kind without of, being wise. She is yeah, not wise. Right. Without being the mentor. Like she does the, the growth for the genie does happen in the movie too. It does. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't normally happen with the, the wish bringer. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the guardian angel. I mean, I feel angel. like Aladdin did it, but this movie followed a very Aladdin esque path to me. Oh yeah. But I yeah. love Aladdin. Aladdin's a great movie. And it had a huge wizard of Oz trope for me because mm. what, what does he learn in the end? that he could turn back time. But she told him you couldn't turn back time. And it reminds me of the end of The Wizard of Oz, where like, all you have to do, Dorothy, is click your heels together three times. And Dorothy's like, that's all I fucking had to do. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, Glinda says, oh, you wouldn't have believed me if I told you at the beginning, because you had to learn your lesson. So there is a little bit of that where she goes back, that all of a sudden there was this rule that made the movie possible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. They, they had their cake and ate it too. And it, it and then they broke the rule. Oh, that turns out that's not a rule. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because otherwise, <laughs> like the, I, I excuse it because the fun of the movie really, if we're just as a viewer and you're experiencing like some delightful scenes is I want to have a bunch of wishes. Yeah. The yeah. whole three wishes yeah. bullshit. Like, and they just skate right past. Yeah. Yep. She's like, Oh no, no, no. You get plenty of wishes. You no, get they all do the wishes still work it into the movie in a way that makes the three wishes more poignant. When yeah. Right. Get them. So by the end yeah. she leaves, he is left with three wishes that he can do with. What <laughs> yeah. He wants. The, the idea is that when the genie leaves, that's when you get three wishes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a leftover. And that's where the myth grew from. And so he spends these wishes on very small personal things that he can give his family. Like strawberry ice cream, cher- cherry ice cream for his daughter. Yeah. To basically just creates a perfect night out with his mm-hmm. family. And ultimately that's the lesson learned is I, that you don't need the magic. You just need to be there yeah. and make it, moments. It was so funny watching Dan with the last wish where oh. it's like they're at the fancy restaurant and she's like, I want peanut butter sandwich and cherry ice cream. <laughs> mm, and so he's mad. like, Oh, we don't have that. And he's like, you know, kind of wistful, the dead wistfully wishes, use that last wish so he can, the daughter can have what she wants. And Dan's like, ah! <laughs> here's my point. I was too. Why are you taking your daughter to a fancy restaurant for her birthday? And by the way, the daughter originally asked for like something, ice skating, right? 
You, yeah. Ice skating in Rockefeller, but no, I have a better idea, honey. Let's go to a fancy restaurant. And what does she order? I Peanut think, butter sandwiches on each other. What? All kids I think love it was going a to fancy thing. dress up restaurants. <laughs> I Every have kid a feeling, dreams of that. Yeah. I, I had the exact same reaction. And I suspect it was a budgetary thing. Like they have to shut down Rockefeller Plaza to be able to go to the the ice skating mm-hmm. rink and do that scene. Uh, well, but but my, my, my point was that the, clearly the daughter is not a foodie. So why are we taking her to a restaurant for her birthday? Yeah. <laughs> I suspect... I had, again, had same reaction. It didn't really make sense, but I suspect that was like, he needed to do something for the wife too. Yeah, I guess it made something, it made an intentionally, an intensely beautiful visual moment where they're wrapped in Christmas. And I despise the children's menu. It Um, shouldn't exist. I was also (laughs) curious if the original of this movie was a Christmas movie, you know, because this one felt like Christmas was kind of slapped on. I suppose it didn't have to be. Yeah. I, I, well, then nothing in this movie needs to be Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I but, think it may have been because I think it may have just been like it was a BBC like something they did for Christmas. It it has that kind of you know Ebenezer Scrooge Christmas Carol like he kind of goes around and has all of these uh, magical experiences that change his perspective hmm. and by the end he's a different person. Yeah, but uh, you could say that about Mission Impossible. But <laughs> I, wanna, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. And that. I would, and I'm going to now. Here we go. <laughs> Act one. No. <laughs> I want to talk about. The costumes. Oh my god! I was oh, going to say that costumes were great. Oh. Her, specifically, her costumes. Her yeah, costumes right. were outstanding. The, the genie sequence costumes. Yes. Where she's yes. trying on different costumes to wear yeah. as a genie. Were great because she shows up in this sort of. They she's make a it Scottish Scottish warrior yeah. housewife, whatever that is, and like it's really this sort of. I don't know. They just went through a fabric shop and put stuff on her. It, it looks very <laughs> Ren Faire. Yeah. It, yeah, but in not in even a good way. Like it's not a, re, a Ren Faire uh, dressed by someone who has no historical accuracy because we don't yeah. know where or when she comes from. But we yeah. have this idea. We're told that, that wherever she comes from is like 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. Vikings. So there's a little spotty logic about how spotty, they, That's fine. But, I, but, I, but, but, know, but, I, but the point to talk about is that she is trying on all these looks like he says, shouldn't you blend in? And so she doesn't know what blending it looks like. Mm-hmm. So she's just looking around times square mm-hmm. at what people are wearing. Be they and anybody be they, you know, uh, uh, construction construction worker. Worker. well, manhole worker. So they're like wearing orange, yeah. you know, uh, uh, reflective clothing. And, and I think like a that. beard did a beard. Yeah. Pop yeah. A beard point. popped yeah, up like, or a businessman. And so then she, and then she starts mixing. And I thought, what an opportunity for a costume designer. Yeah. Yeah. You and, can mm-hmm. see someone just playing there with those outfits. Well, and you have a non-typical Hollywood, typical body, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you have got a very different canvas to put all this on. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was genius the way they made it all work. And her hairstyle is Absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. The one they settled on as the final look, I oh. just I just thought was classic. It, was like, so it looked pretty. really good. It's well, elegant it, and final to that sequence, but she has other dress. Yeah. She has other uh, costumes. I, I love the old woman one. Oh yeah. <laughs> with the, the Oh, that was kind fantastic. of like yeah. old Hollywood turban and yeah. the white yeah, yeah, hair yeah. and the big glasses. It was very fun. <laughs> she, I mean, she I, I thought that they could have kept that as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a weird little went down the rabbit hole with the writer of this movie. Oh yeah. And the writer of this movie has an amazing anthology. So Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, Writing oh. for Mr. Bean, Notting Hill. Are we sure uh, that's not Black the original? Adder. Are we sure that's not the original? He did both. Oh, he did both. Yeah. Never he's, mind. He's, uh, he did a lot of Rowan Atkinson stuff, but one of the things that I've, oh, Bridget Jones's diary. <laughs> there is to that. show, you know, very good with, with this perspective and weight issues and stuff. But uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting is he's been writing very consistently for Don French since oh, the early nineties. There you go. Oh. There you go. Uh, like uh, looking at his resume up until fairly recently, he's still been working with her. And so I know the original version of the genie was played by a man and it didn't appear to be a fat role. But no, I, I but so his uh, Don French's husband was the, the oh, genie. Oh, was the genie. Should and, we say oh. who John, Don French is for people who don't oh, know? Probably. So uh, Don and French is a favorite famous uh, British comedy team. Uh, Don French and Jennifer Saunders, who you might mm-hmm. know from AbFab. But Don French is the, the thing gorgeous fat comedian who you might know from Vicar of Dibley. Vicar of yeah. Dibley, which right. was also written by this writer. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, oh I yeah. didn't know that. That makes sense. Because I was I was very nervous mm-hmm. about how, I'm like, are they going to be doing fat jokes? Is And like, one of the things I it doesn't come up at once all. Once I right? found out that yeah. it was, that he worked so much with Don French, I was watching the movie and I started picturing this role being done by her mm-hmm. and it wasn't that hard, like in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like um, it, it, she wouldn't have done it the same way. Melissa no, McCarthy she couldn't did. have. They're, they're such different actors. But, but when I was reading it, I could see the way like 
the sensitivity of the character is very much on brand for Don French. Yeah. That is the way she delivers emotion and mm. is the way they're presenting those scenes. The comedy of it would have been done differently from Melissa, but you could see her landing those jokes. Mm -hmm. I, I think he was inspired by her a bit. Oh, yeah. I just want to put this in for our much younger audience. If you don't know French and Saunders and you don't know AbFab, maybe you know- AbFab meaning absolutely fabulous. Yes, thank yeah. you. Absolutely fabulous is the name of the TV series on the BBC or it's British television. Anyway, if you don't know any of those, you might remember- the fat lady in the painting in the first Harry Potter movie. Oh yeah. Yes. That is Dawn French. No, no she, she wasn't in the first one. She, Cause there is just a, a fat actress in the first one. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got the wrong when, movie. Yeah. When the, oh, the fat lady painting is more prominently featured, it's Dawn French. Yes. Oh, so she was the recast. Yes. I see. She was the recast. Yeah. Um, She's the one with the yeah. glass. Like oh, just the sound of my voice. But those of you who are familiar with Dawn French will know that like fatness is usually incorporated in some way in most mm -hmm. of her material, but in a way that she always feels a bit more in control. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I never feel bad after watching a Dawn French thing as a fat person. No. Well, that's uh, not to tease it again, but that's something almost certainly that you and Trevor are going to be talking about in that mini mm -hmm. Like the idea of why do, you know, certain fat jokes go certain ways. Yeah. Um, I also loved how, you know, so uh, Melissa McCarthy's character falling in love with pizza. <laughs> oh, that was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I, and I love it because important to point out also never a fat joke there. No, no. There was nothing. Never. A fatty falling in love with pizza. Yeah. No, the you joke know? was why in the world, if you come from this almost stone age culture, which apparently she mm. does, mm. this Neolithic culture. And she's like, why would you want a piece of like, Red, red orange, bread. red bread in a mm -hmm. triangle that's all floppy. And he's like, yeah, yeah you just taste it. Just you taste just taste it. it. Well, and, <laughs> and hot cocoa. Yes. But uh, and so the pizza that he, he gets, it's John's on Bleecker Street, which Very is like, to me, that's like best, best New York pizza, best slice in New York. Oh, so they made a good choice. A very good choice. Nice. And, and I want to know how much John paid for that. Um, and then she also falls in love with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and oh, I has love her that. little like because yeah. they watch. Pete. What did they watch? Top Gun? One of the Mission. Yeah. Oh, was it Top Gun? It was Mission. It was one of the Mission Impossible's. Okay. Well, the actor she ultimately ends up with in that movie, uh, Mark Maron, I think his name mm -hmm. is Mark Maron. Yeah, Mark Maron. I freaking love him. Yeah, and he's a he's an old timey comic. I enjoyed the he two of them's interactions. Yeah, too. Like, I I did, but I was kind of like, I wanted her to go get Tom Cruise. I did too. I think like, there was a version where they wrote that and then they asked him to do a yeah. cameo and, and he said, said no. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, I <laughs> never got past his third assistant agent. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit, like, I don't know. I just, he's Mark Maron's fine. He's funny. He's sweet. But it's like, I'm like, really? Like, that's, and I like their chemistry, but I was just surprised. Yeah. Well, I like, the other thing I really liked about the chemistry is that she was just so sexually bold with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was not that thing of like, like, oh, the fat girl may not be able to get it. No. Oh, it was, no. She was flirting big time. It was like, he's into her and she is flirting mm -hmm. 10 times back. Oh, yeah. Yep. And not in a way that's desperate. Like sometimes yeah. flirty fat women can be desperate. Nothing desperate. Nothing Absolutely. inappropriate or uncomfortable. No, she just it got her game. Yep. Yeah. And well, and I thought his, I thought he was an element to that chemistry too. Like his reactions to it made me, made mm -hmm. me giggle a little well, bit. Well, he was so into it. Yeah. He was mm -hmm. just as into it as she was. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, my favorite uh, scenes were definitely like where they, you know, the, the middle, the second act of the movie, like that that whole sequence where they're, they're getting their wishes and Melissa McCarthy mm -hmm. is like, you know, you get to see, I was wondering going into it, like how much of a character is she going to play? Yeah. I didn't know who she was playing in the movie. I didn't know if she was going to be the romantic lead or the genie or whatever. Oh, right. oh, okay. um, I went in totally blind. She's a genie, obviously. And I didn't realize that they were going to develop her character. Kind of like what Don was saying. Like yeah. she actually has a character arc. Yeah. And I, again, very much the genie from Aladdin, but still like the, the last scene, like he sets her free. And she doesn't think he's going to do that. And she gets very choked up about it. And then when they're actually saying goodbye, like out on the street and mm. she's like, well, this uh -huh. is it. And she's like, I, I, I don't know how to describe. She's just doing like full movie star yeah. choked up, uh -huh. sorrowful goodbye. And I was like, Melissa, she, like she played it. You didn't straight. have to go that hard. Mm -hmm. No, she played she, it really straight and it landed. It landed. Like, yeah. And, and I think it has to, because the payoff for that, you know, he does this very British thing where he can't deal with emotion. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I wish he would just leave. And, and then she's gone. She's gone. And he does. And he's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought he landed that moment too, of the realization. Oh, of course. Done. But yeah. the only way that has a payoff is if she puts the pathos in ahead of time. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I did, I will say, I thought that was a weird moment. I didn't get that moment. It got, but I, I, I think I was so wrapped up 
in her mm-hmm. sort of tearful goodbye. Yeah. That I, it was surprising, and I suppose it was supposed to be. I was, but I was like, oh, oh, okay, it's gone. Okay, yeah. she's gone. Okay, goodbye. No, I, I love that because it could have been this long taffy pull, mm-hmm. yeah. and that would have been fun. Like you could have had a comic taffy pull goodbye, mm-hmm. right? And they they subverted that with that. She's gone. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. And away. sometimes that's way more powerful. And it was. Like, I'm so I'm curious because throughout the movie and before the reveal of like, oh, actually you could time travel. I really thought I'm like, is this going to be a Christmas movie where it did the like they split up? Oh, oh the husband and wife. And because it's and she was definitely cheating on him, by well, the way, in just, the alternate universe. Yeah, but it also what? just seemed so like that the. The problems were so much deeper and I going at the start of the movie, it seems like there's like a whole lot going on here that just I f- did not feel like was fully developed that then when he goes back, that it is he is able to rectify all of this with the one magic day, which like it's a Christmas movie. So like I'm not going to yeah, go yeah. too far, but I was surprised that it's like and they lived happily ever after because it seemed like the more they progressed through the relationship that like, Oh, there's so it's so fucked up. She, yeah. So what I was saying, I'm not getting this. So, uh, she goes to stay with her mom mm-hmm. and there's a neighbor that the man, there's the, the man he joins them like, for he joins them and he's like the total weird third wheel. It's like, why oh, is he there? Yeah. and if you look at her body language and the way that she delivers lines in scenes without the gu- other guy there, yeah. just between her husband, she is exhibiting a huge amount of guilt. Yeah, she and and yeah. She, and then she pulls back. It would she pulls away, either. and she's like, "We should do this longer term." And it's like mm. she is cheating on him as soon as she yeah. goes to the yeah. mom's house. It wouldn't surprise me if that were the case because that actress is really solid. She's one of the anchors, mm-hmm. the anchors for um, the Gilded Age on HBO, and she's so good in that. If if that wasn't written into the subtext of the movie, mm-hmm. she found she it and it. played yeah. it. I'm and willing it was, to believe that really she good. picked it out. I mean, there's no yeah. reason to put that man in the movie, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. If, unless you want to raise suspicions. Yeah. And I, what I got was, I didn't know how interested the wife was in him. Clearly more than nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. but I don't think it has gone as far as sex. Well, it's that. more important what his presence does to the husband. Absolutely. That's the only thing that Yeah, because it, beca- well, because he got that line. I've, I'm a fifth wheel in my own marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it was a pretty good piece. Yeah. Um, it definitely hangs on Melissa McCarthy. I feel like as it should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it was to to a point where like I forget a lot of the other things around her. Like she was yeah. such a central focus. I, yeah. But a worthy addition to the Christmas uh, comedy fair, family friendly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a fun. Go watch it on Peacock. It's streaming. Um, it's fun. It's Christmas. It's holiday. I don't think they do. They they do say Chris. It is specifically a Christmas movie. I it think. is, but I but feel they don't like go too hard with it. I think it's to me. It's like kind of in the same vein as like Last Holiday. Yeah, where it is Christmas, but like not over the head, like hit you over the head. It's yeah. taking place during Christmas, but it's not. Well, because the only reason you need Christmas is to have a a holiday which ups the stakes. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. I guess also kind of um the the fairy godmother. God, godmothered, godmothered. Oh yeah, godmothered. Oh, Another well, that that one. I'm like that was not a Christmas movie, and they <laughs> like halfway through, like we. Oh, we that was the one that you watched a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Last oh, I year, see. I think. Yeah. Was it last year? Ugh, time is a flat circle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I recommend, particularly yes. for Melissa. Do we have a uh, tip? We do, listener. <gasps> it's that time of year. We are doing our end of year fundraising for NAFA, ah. and we have set a goal of $20,000. All right. And consider donating to NAFA. Maybe you have a gift for your fat phobic relative and (laughs) in their name, in their name, donate in their name. Spite giving. We've come up with that before already. Haven't we? Um, (laughs) Donate what you can. Every little bit helps. How it helps they, us. Nas, NAFA was heavily involved in the uh, the campaign for size freedom. Yeah, yeah, and um, which passed. It, we're in a weird space right now where there's a testimony coming up. Uh, they're they're a hearing on the Massachusetts law. So by the time this comes out, there may be news on the Massachusetts law. Right, because we're recording. But if you go to nafa.org/give, you can make a donation. Five dollars. Oh. All donations to nonprofits are tax deductible. Yes. Donate your entire paycheck for the year. And (laughs) then it's tax deductible and you can... (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Donate what you can. (laughs) Donate what you're able to. Every little Uh, bit Every little bit helps. 
you're helping NAFA. You're helping me help NAFA. <laughs> you're helping everyone help NAFA. I double down on the spite giving. That's really yeah. the, the most fun way to do it. All right, Don, speaking of fun. Well, since we are discussing oh Genie today, and we've already kind of brought up the fact that it's similar to this Hallmark Christmas movie phenomena, we thought today that each of us would come in and we would pitch our own little Hallmark Christmas movie. We always thought that this would just be something we'd be discussing by ourselves, but I went on to uh, various portals recently and realized that every single one of them has a slate of Hallmark Christmas movies unique to that portal. Th there's so many of these movies now. I don't understand. Okay, so streaming streaming service. Streaming services, right? Oh, it's H not just Hallmark. Max. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> Prime. Every single one of the streaming services has hundreds of these Hallmark movie Christmases. So Which we can no longer call Hallmark because it's on Amazon Prime. Well, I think it's always going to be a Hallmark movie, though. Okay. And I'm not sure how complimentary that is. But <laughs> so just to keep in mind, whatever we pitch here might actually show up on one of these streaming services <laughs> next year because they need content, people. Oh, my God. They churn through it. So which of you would like to go first with your Hallmark Christmas movie pitch? So <laughs> this is the Hallmark movie I want to see. <laughs> um, so there's this big fat guy in the woods, bearded, lives alone, kind of a curmudgeon sort. And he's always the big guy. And he's, you know, he was the loner in high school. Everybody in the, in the small town he lives in, he's like, he's like fat Earl or he gets <laughs> called to his big guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there's some sort of meat cute where this really cute, think of like hunky Herbie, Herbie the twunk, <laughs> Herbie the elf, you know, like Herbie the twunk. Uh, I don't know. There's some sort of meat cute in the village. And they, of course, they don't get on well and they really don't like each other. And, you know, they, they discover that the other's gay and the, and the, and the big fat guy's like, well, that's what's wrong with all the gays. They look like that. And the guy, and the, and the Herbie cares like, wait, you know, if, so, if someone were gay, why would you look like that? And, <laughs> and they find out they're the only two people on Grindr. <laughs> that's right. They're the only two, right, they're the only two people on Grindr in like this town in Ohio. Uh, they end up falling in love and Herbie the Twunk takes the guy out of the small town in Ohio, back to his Manhattan apartment and teaches him the finer parts of gay living. And he becomes not a bear, but like chub of the town. And he gets <laughs> entree to all these like swanky parties where everybody <laughs> loves him because he looks completely different than all the other people there. And he's clean shaven and he's dapper and he is just the bell of the ball. And that's the happy ending I want to see. Is this just an excerpt from your life? <laughs> <laughs> Did this happen to you like 15 years ago? Oh no, it's just one of my lives. <laughs> I was thinking it's like Herbie takes him back to the North Pole. No, 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 <laughs> no. Makes to his, him become Santa. Well, to to the North Pole in that it's it's his Manhattan apartment on the twenty seventh floor. His North Pole. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I went fairly traditional with mine. Uh, mine is the uh, the woman from the big city. I guess technically it could be a dude if I wanted to make it gay, but I was going generic hallmark. So, lady from the big city who struggles to make everything in her life perfect by by the world standards. So she watches everything she eats. She exes every exercises, everything perfectly wears the perfect clothes for her job. You know, is everything is obsessed with appearing perfect to the outside world. And then of course she goes back home to her small town for Christmas, where we're introduced to a large cast of characters who are much happier than her, even though each They're of them has some sort of fundamental flaw to the way they live oh. according to the way she sees things. I see. Right? I like that. I like so, that. She's judgy. Yeah. So like the, the love interest I think is going to be this sort of bigger, fatter guy who clearly like she immediately discards because of his appearance. Um, but through him, she sort of like, she learns how to love food, love life and love freedom a little bit more uh, by helping her break her out of her bonds. Like, her old friend in college who dresses crazy and lives in the small town and doesn't care what people think about the way she looks. She learns that lesson from her. And so it's, it's not that there's this one perfect person that comes and fixes her in the small town. She finds all the lessons to all the things that she's been working so hard for and finds the freedom through each of these different characters. <laughs> so back so the true lesson is that she's actually a total disaster, cannot do anything right <laughs> in her life. And every aspect of her life has to be fixed by one different person in the town. Yep. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of like, well, because perfectionism is the imperfection. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, That's I cute. Like yeah. Mine is very loose. 
So I see it as like not maybe a movie, but like a limited series. Oh my! Omar, Omar. Okay, Omar. all right. It is my pitch for a British Christmas themed murder mystery series. <gasps> Comfort oh. and joy. Oh. There's Mary Comfort, <laughs> who is a baker. And Joy Holiday, <laughs> who has an ornament shop, <laughs> and they go around solving Christmas-themed murder mysteries. <laughs> and I think I'm just like, uh, so I think um, Mary Comfort should be Danielle Pinnock. Oh yeah, I don't know from Ghosts, yes. uh, the the, uh, the black oh, jazz singer. She's fantastic. On, um, is the character on Ghosts? Uh, and I think for Joy Holiday, uh, Gemma Collins. Very funny. Who British comedian? What would people uh, media personality recognize her from? The only way is Essex. And she. So the clip that I've seen her from is where she's like she's she's in like a, a restaurant or something, and she tries. It's like a sweet uh, shop or some some kind of bakery thing. <laughs> she has something else, and she's having this emotional moment. She flashes back yeah. to her childhood. She's like, I'm in my nan's kitchen, and then she's like, "Wait, is that trifle?" Because she like sees something else. She's like total shelf. ADHD moment. Yes, very funny. Um, I think they would have lovely chaotic energy together, um, and solving mysteries. Solving mysteries every every Christmas, a new yes, a new mystery to solve. Okay, well, mine is. Uh, I don't think you could possibly call it a Hallmark movie. I don't know who would produce this. Probably nobody. <laughs> but here's here's what we got. Has it um, got Godzilla? Uh, not quite. <laughs> it's okay. So it's about Santa and Mrs. Claus, and they're both fat as they should be. And, you know, it's like ramping up into the Christmas season. It's like early December. And Santa decides, you know, we need a short, we need a break before we get into the really heavy duty, like work. Um, So he decides he wants to book a cruise and that they're going to go have a little mini vacation, get some warm weather and, and enjoy that. And then they can go back to, to Christmas. And so he and Mrs. Claus book this cruise and they do not realize that this was a gay cruise. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the whole, like the, the whole ship is decked out in Christmas, uh, uh, you know, decor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, of course it's in the Caribbean. So it's warm weather. Everybody's in shorts or nothing. And he, Santa is being hit on by all the chasers who are oh. into the daddy chub type. And he ends up having this fling <gasps> With one of the chasers. Oh, my, my, my. And it's this whole, you know, of course, you have all the funny shenanigans with Mrs. Claus, like, and all the gay guys, and she's mm-hmm. having a fun time, mm-hmm. not realizing that there's this romance developing on the side, and Santa's all torn because infidelity and blah, 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 blah. And so he finally comes clean and tells her, and the twist is that she was the one who booked, who chose that Oh, crew. shit. Oh, that's great. Because yes. she knew that he was struggling with this and hadn't expressed it and had no way to explore it. I love it. And so the uh, the happy ending is that uh, the chaser goes with them back to the North Pole and they're in a throuple. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, Melissa McCarthy is- And his name is Herbie. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a dentist. And he's a dentist. Melissa McCarthy is Mrs. Claus. Nice. And it was something like the Christmas season- Something uh, like that. Uh, oh, S-E-A. S-E-A, which is how it's spelled. <laughs> anyway, I have to give credit to my partner, Michael, because he helped me come up with that. Oh, that is genius. Mm-hmm. That's it, was, genius. it was very funny. I, I, I want to see that movie. All right, dear listener, so if you have a Hallmark movie that you'd like to pitch to us, where could they do that, Trevor? Well, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We haven't had one in a while. Yeah. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com, baby. Yeah. Maybe you hear a, a big old thumping and rumbling up on your roof. <laughs> Trevor, get down from there. You hear, <laughs> hear that booty clapping. <laughs> As... As I'm coming sliding down your chimney. Oh, yeah. I'm coming in fast, so. <laughs> Definitely watch out. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. And we'll see you all in 2020.